A little East African boy in Dar es Salaam wanted to meet God. He knew that it was a long trip to where God lived. So he packed his bag with small sweet cakes and a large bottle of soda and started on his journey. He had been on his way for about 10 minutes when he met an old woman. She was sitting in a park by the Indian Ocean, just staring at some African birds. The boy sat down next to her and opened his bag. He was about to take a drink from his soda when he noticed that the old lady looked hungry. So he offered her a small cake. She gratefully accepted it and smiled at him. Her smile was so pretty that the boy wanted to see it again. So he offered her a drink of his soda. Again, she smiled at him. The boy was delighted. The boy and the old woman sat there all afternoon, eating and drinking and smiling. But they never said a word. As it grew dark, the boy realized how tired he was, and he got up to leave. But before he had gone more than a few steps, he turned around, ran back to the old woman, and gave her a big hug. She gave him her biggest smile. When the boy opened the door to his own home a short time later, his mother was surprised by the look of joy on his face. She asked him, what did you do today that made you so happy? He replied, I had lunch with God. But before his mother could respond, he added, you know what? She has the most beautiful smile I've ever seen. Meanwhile, the old woman, also radiant with joy, returned to her home. Her son was stunned by the look of peace on her face, and he asked, Mother, what did you do today that has made you so happy? She replied, I ate small cakes and drank soda in the park with God. And then before her son could respond, she added, you know, he's much younger than I expected. <laughs> this past year, I participated in one of our Soul Matter Sharing Circle groups. These groups came with an invitation to engage on your own with a monthly theme and then come together once a month with your group to share and practice deep listening to one another's stories and experiences. To help with your personal engagement with this theme were a series of questions and spiritual exercises in which you could choose to engage in. During one month, the theme was about curiosity. And one of the exercises was titled, Get Curious About God. Initially, I skipped over this exercise looking for something else to focus my attention on. But I felt myself continuing to be drawn back to this part of the packet. 
In this spiritual exercise, Reverend Kathleen Mateague, the director of the Unitarian Universalist College of Social Justice, says this. My spiritual practice consists of this. I think back on the events of the day and ask the question, where was God in this day? It's a question that can be asked in a dozen different theological voices. If God language fails to resonate, then we might ask, where today did I really hear the language of my life? The question puts a sheen of attentiveness and care on even the most mundane dimensions of the day. It gives us a way to cradle the moments of the day just lived and see them again before they are too far away. The invitation to us was then to see the sacred in our lives, to ask the questions, where was God in this day? Where today did I really hear the language of my life? And so amidst the busy month of May, I accepted the invitation to be mindful of where I found the divine in my life. At night, I would sit quietly and meditate on this question. Where was God in this day? And sometimes I tried to capture some of these thoughts in my journal. As I did so, two themes began to emerge. The first was a connection to the natural world. My journal entries read, I found God today in the hawk's nest outside my window, in the rustle of the wind through the trees, in the first smell of sweet grass in the summer, in the stars in the night sky, in the bright full moon. But even more often, my journal pages were filled with words about the people around me. I found God today in my nephew's laughter, in my niece's spunk, in my mother's hands as she helped me to prepare for all things graduation related. I found God today in a loving embrace, in a cup of coffee shared with a dear friend, in my daughter's eyes as she looks to her next great adventure. I found God today in a stranger's kindness, in the circle of my theater moms, in a shared understanding between friends that needs no words, in the face of my dying friend, finally at peace. I have come to realize that for me, I find the sacred most often in connections with others. And in reflecting on this, I am reminded of our first principle, the inherent worth and dignity of each person. The first time I walked into this space, I was immediately drawn to this principle. As a new Unitarian Universalist, 
I felt wrapped in its embrace and wondered if it could really be true. Could I have found a place that allowed, no, encouraged me to ask questions? Was it really okay to say that I didn't know if I believed in God or Jesus in the traditional Christian sense? Would these people still call me one of my own or one of their own if I did so? I tested it out at coffee hour and in meetings, daring to speak my doubts, slowly forming my ever-evolving truths. And yes, this community did embrace and encourage me, and it shared their own individual truths as well. I began to understand the phrase, we don't need to believe the same to love the same. However, as I've grown in my faith, this first principle seems to challenge me more and more. You see, it's that word each that seems to give me pause. It doesn't say that most people, or those who are like us, or those who we think are deserving, or even some people. It says each individual. Does this mean that people who do heinous things have worth and dignity? What about our political leaders who turned a blind eye or whose words perpetuate acts of violence? Are there people in the world who are evil? These are the questions that now give me pause and I wrestle with. Our seven principles are actually part of a covenant between all Unitarian Universalist congregations. You could take a moment now, if you'd like, and look inside the hymnal or on the back of the order of service where you will find them printed. Our covenant calls us to affirm and promote the seven principles. For me, this is about our actions. It's about who we are in the world. It's not just about what we believe or what we think. How we interact with one another is just as important. If I covenant to affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of each person, what does that look like when we disagree, when we are hurting? How would my words and actions be different if in that moment between stimulus and response, I was able to take a pause to see the inherent worth and dignity in the person before me? Would my response be different? Could my actions come from a place of love instead of hurt or hate? I'm not saying that we shouldn't disagree 
or that we shouldn't speak out against injustice. Conflict is a part of life, and we are called to stand up for those who have been marginalized, oppressed, or treated unfairly. But as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. In this time when it is so easy to hate, may we strive to see the divine in each of us. May we pause to remember the inherent worth and dignity in each of us, even when it is most difficult. In the Hindu faith, the word namaste has come to mean the sacred in me recognizes the sacred in you. And so today, I close with this one word. Namaste.